Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to the Umarpreneur podcast. Today I have a very exciting guest with me that I want to, I'm so excited to get into this episode because we're going to talk about a topic that I've always been very excited to talk about, bring on the episode. I haven't had the chance to do it yet, guys. And it's a topic that I'm actually, uh, I'm going to all admit, I'm not very experienced okay, in this topic. So don't, don't try to listen to me thinking that I'm an expert because I'm not, but I did bring someone who is. And uh, this brother is uh, one who is creating right now, just in time, a 30-day Ramadan NFT drop, all right? And uh, of course, he's an entrepreneur. He has background in design. And we're going to talk about all of that. But I'm super excited to talk about this topic today, NFTs, cryptocurrency. It's huge. People are reading about this everywhere. And, you know, there's they're, they're looking at all of this all the, the news and all these different sources saying different things. And so on this podcast, inshallah, I'm going to try to peel back the curtain and, uh, you know, get into some uh, some of the real uh, details about uh, what NFTs are all about, inshallah. And I have with me today to have the discussion, Brother Musta'adi Raja. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to have you, brother. I'm really, really excited for our conversation. And I'm really happy that you joined us last minute, just to let you guys know. Um, I reached out to uh, Musta'adi around... Four or five days ago, I'm like, oh, listen, your Ramadan NFT is about to drop. Can, can we record this episode? He's, uh, you're, you're, remind me, you're in Australia, I believe, or Sydney? No, I'm in no? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, so, sorry. I don't know, because yeah. I because oh, I had a podcast with Peter recently. He was in Australia. Sorry, yeah, I got confused. Yeah. So you're Not in Vancouver. Yeah, okay, cool. So <laughs> Awesome. So you're, we're both in Canada. You're in Vancouver. I'm in Montreal. So we're, your, we're a few hours away. Um, so I appreciate waking up a little bit earlier to do this. And if you can share with our audience a little bit about yourself before we dive into our discussion, who you are, what you do, what's your background? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, my name is Mustali. I am an independent uh, graphic designer, art director, and visual artist uh, based on the West Coast, Vancouver. And uh, you know, my practice ranges from everything from uh, working in advertising, marketing, uh, big small campaigns, but also working with um, small businesses, agencies on full brand identities, uh, anything that really to do with graphic design and visual communication. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the side, um, you know, I've been transitioning more into just creating my own content, right? Um, mainly as a visual artist, but again, grounded in uh, identity um, and specifically, you know, uh, the intersections of identity that I'm sure all of us can uh, relate with. Definitely. And and the work that you do, uh, do you work, are you affiliated with any brands or companies or is this your own startup that you're working on? I uh, started off um, working at a few different creative agencies and then 2016, um, I sort of went on my own, uh, sort of freelancing, consulting. Uh, you know, I've been doing that since um, and it's been great because I've been able to work yeah. with so many different industries, disciplines, meet amazing uh talented people uh, all across the board um, and that flexibility is what I love like I love being able to work with you know a video game company one day and the next day you're working with like a medical clinic and then you know I'm doing my own thing creating my own art amazing amazing mashallah I'm really excited to dive into all that I'm really happy to have you bro and uh, have some discussion today I'm super excited um, for personal self selfish reasons but I want <laughs> I, I want to dive into this so I want to talk about your journey even getting into entrepreneurship what inspired you to do that and then of course we'll dive into the long-awaited discussion on nfts but let's talk about your journey through entrepreneurship a little bit first so you mentioned that in towards 2016 is when you decided to take that leap of faith and go on your own what sparked the decision to do that for you 
I guess a couple of things happened. Um, well, let's rewind back a bit. So I grew up in uh, Calgary, um, which you know, and you know, coming from a family of engineers and doctors, um, I actually studied engineering first, uh, right? So in high school, even my art instructor was like, hey, you should really think about design and art. And at mm-hmm. the time, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, art school? I'm like, is that even a thing? But anyways, uh, I went into engineering. I, I was doing it. I hated it, but you know, I didn't really have that uh, mentorship or guidance at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was still doing creative stuff on the side, right? Mm-hmm. I would make posters for my friends, for clubs. I would design things uh, for events that were happening. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I was almost finished my degree that I actually met uh, a graphic designer uh, who was Muslim as well, right? I think um, Zara Al Harazi, uh, who I really owe a lot to, uh, even today so she was the first one who introduced me to graphic design and sort of helped me along the way uh, but i worked in the energy sector for a couple of years and then you know i was like you know what i can't do this uh, we have one shot one life make the most of it inshallah so that's when i moved out to vancouver and sort of did a reset mm-hmm. um, and that was sort of my first jump of like okay you know what this is what i'm passionate about this is where i can make a difference um, let's do that so i went back to school started working and you know even throughout that whole thing while I was working say in corporate energy or then working in agency a creative agency life creative agency was amazing right I learned a lot um, it was incredible but still that nine to five sort of restriction I, I, I realized was something that sort of uh, in, in a way sort of bottlenecked me although being an entrepreneur the nine to five just expands into like 24 hours right yes of course <laughs> but but that drive for me to do something that was my own mm-hmm. um and and be able to have that flexibility to pick who i work with but also when i work mm-hmm. um both me and my uh my wife like our creative process i mean our lifestyle like travel moving around is part of our lifestyle but it's part of our creative process as well mm-hmm. and so you're talking about like you know what sparked it what what, what made that jump was I was finishing up some work at a uh, full-time at an agency and for the longest time I had this like desire just get a one-way ticket and just take off right and just see where the road took me mm-hmm. um and alhamdulillah we got the opportunity that's what we did I got an opportunity to work remotely with a, with a startup uh part-time uh, I quit my job we got a one-way ticket to Thailand and we took off right and then nice. nine months later you know, we finally came back to Canada, but we were working remotely throughout that. And, and you know, I love that experience and we grew so much um, that I continued on that path. Amazing, mashallah. It sounds like a, a pretty exciting journey and definitely one that requires a lot of courage to, to say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, take a leap of faith and I'll look back and see where it takes me. And I, Thailand is an interesting first destination. It's one, a country that I've always wanted to visit personally. My spouse already went so it's kind of getting in the way because i'm like well i want to go but she's like but i already went so we got to go to a new country and i'm like ah should have should have waited for me um you know but i know it's an awesome country what 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 made that decision for you guys what is what was it about the nomad life that you know was was attractive to you yeah i mean it was uh, interesting at that time because this digital nomad term was relatively new and there wasn't a lot of people at the time doing it compared to now uh Mm -hmm. but the one thing was well a couple things one was one of my good friends was already in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been there almost a year uh, teaching. 
Um, and then second, uh, just starting off this journey, like cost of living um, was relatively low compared to other places we could have gone to. And we always wanted to go to Southeast Asia. So we're like, okay, you know what? That makes sense. We have a little bit of support structure there. Uh, we'll start off slow, see how it goes. And then if it's working, we'll continue. If not, we'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started off in South Thailand, which, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, re- a decent Muslim population there as well. So um, it was... Uh, it was it was very uh, cool to connect with uh, something similar, but something that was still unique from that part of the world. Yeah, and being in a new environment. Do you feel like being in a new environment for you as an artist, someone who works a lot in in uh, in work that requires creativity? Do you feel like being in new environments helps spark that creativity of yours in a way? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like even if I'm working just within my house, like I can't work at the same desk. I have to mm-hmm. go to the dining table, move around, go to a cafe. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Especially if I'm working like really intense creative work, like if I'm mapping out yeah. lessons or something for my students, I find myself like plugging, unplugging my MacBook and walking around the house and kind of picking different <laughs> spots to sit in. So you are now working on. You have your agency uh, since then, and you've settled. You've come back to settle down in Vancouver, actually. So, what was it around when? One time around what time did you decide to then finally pick a location to kind of settle down in, and why Vancouver, which is one of the most expensive cities in Canada? Yeah. Um, so when I moved, when I moved out, um, you know, I was. I, I guess Vancouver for me, uh, you know. I have to reflect on this uh, represents more than just a city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, it was when I moved out, this was like where I became independent. Uh, mm-hmm. This was where that transition happened from my engineering career to design and creativity. And this is where sort of, I built my new creative roots in a way. Um, and so, so Vancouver always has had a special place for me. And, you know, one of the ways I realized that is every time I would travel and come back to Vancouver, I would, feel happy mm. uh, right just taking the train home from the airport i would feel like oh yeah this is good this is this feels good it's such um, a beautiful city man i love it i've been i've been yeah. a couple of times i love it so much it's so good it's so great it's it's awesome yeah go ahead sorry i don't want to cut you off i just want to say no no, no i love, uh, I love it, this city it's, it's beautiful and yeah i mean if you've been here you know like yeah. in terms of it's got that perfect mix of urban and nature yeah. right there um, it park. doesn't get yeah so nice. park. it doesn't get super cold yeah which, you know, I I guess I'm living in the wrong country, maybe, but I hate the cold. <laughs> Same. I completely understand, bro. And, and like Vancouver is just such, uh, it's such a beautiful place for that because it's like a country in Canada where it's not as bad and it's like warmer. Ah, it's just so nice. I love it. Yeah. It's but, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, we love Montreal as well, especially yeah. I think in terms of design and creativity, I think Montreal is definitely number one in Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say it, it that's the thing. We do have a hub. We definitely have a hub. I think uh, when it comes to like the game design uh, space and like the tech space, uh, we have a pretty awesome hub here. But I would say the disadvantages. People who are not Canadians probably won't relate to this conversation. But um, I would say if you took Montreal and you kind of just took it outside of Quebec, it would be so great. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, because like working in Quebec, so we have like the Quebec laws, which is like all the French laws yeah, that they yeah. kind of impose on us, and like they're kind of slightly racist. Like they ban the hijab and they do things that we always have to like fight with as Muslims, you know, so that fortunately, you know, there's a bit of tension there, but okay, we're living here. What are you going to do? So <laughs> yeah, we should just create a Vancouver, Montreal, like exactly, <laughs> exactly. hundred uh, percent. I love, I love the West of Canada. I've been to, I, because my sister lives in Edmonton, I've traveled there a couple of times. And when I usually fly out 
there into Edmonton, what I like to do is rent a car and just drive through Banff, uh, Kelowna, uh, all the way up to Vancouver and kind of just, you know, spend time in all of those little cities. And Vancouver is where I, where I end up. And it's always so beautiful. The only thing uh, last time I went that I felt like, man, Vancouver, we got to get better at this is actually the homeless situation. I feel yeah. like it's getting, yeah. uh, it's getting, it's getting a lot worse. Like when I went in 2016, it was there. It was, it was, it was bad, but it wasn't like crazy bad. Uh, but I feel like the last time I went, subhanAllah, like there's, um, there's a lot. And, and that's something that I feel like the city can do, can do a better job at handling personally. Yeah, I think yeah. definitely that's, uh, that's something that the city has to take on. For sure. For sure. So coming, coming, uh, across that conversation and towards the world of cryptocurrency, what even sparked your interest in that world? You're someone who comes from a background of design. You're someone who comes from a background of, you know, working as a creative. Why crypto and why NFTs? I mean, working in uh, the space that I do, um, you always have to keep an eye on emerging tech or what's new, what's, what's coming up, what's happening right now, right? And so yeah. I was always exposed to, uh, you know, when Bitcoin first came in and this crypto was emerging and all these other currencies came out. Um, and so I'd always sort of been aware of it, uh, but mm -hmm. never fully dove in until, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the people that I uh, can uh, thank for that is actually my, my partner, my wife. Um, mm -hmm. And this is before, I mean, this is specific to NFT, before the Fisties auction happened, right? Uh, this was, you know, I think December or October before that. She was like, hey, do you know about NFTs? And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, there's these things. You should really look into them. Um, and you should start creating them right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, I'll look into it. And then, and then she's like, no, you need to do this before the Christie's auction happens because then it's going to blow up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay, fair enough. And of course, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. <laughs> and the auction happened. And then like everything changed, right? Right. Um, and, um, and yeah, so then that even got me more curious into it and then i was uh just it was just there's a lot going on um because i was working there's a lot of projects we were moving homes um so it wasn't until earlier this year that i actually did my first drop mm -hmm. and still i think it's not i wouldn't say it's too late to get into this space i think it's still pretty early days um especially for the larger creative community and the masses mm -hmm. you, what are for someone listening to this what are nfts in the first place someone who might not know what they are yeah um so with there's two types of so nft stands for non-fungible token uh, but let's start at what a fungible token is mm -hmm. um a fungible token is an item of value that can be replaced or traded and the value doesn't change right so a dollar bill for example uh, i give you a dollar bill um you take the dollar bill, use it. It's the same dollar bill that's getting exchanged. Mm -hmm. um, it has the same value. If I if I give you a dollar bill for your dollar bill, it doesn't change. We still have a dollar bill. Mm -hmm. A non fungible token is something that is unique um, and cannot be replicated. Right. So a real life example would be uh, like the Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. Right. There's only one Mona Lisa. That's the original. That's a non fungible token. So if you trade that, um, that that will be. Uh, the original Mona Lisa that's going to keep moving on, right? Mm -hmm. with, with, the, with the original creator's name attached to it. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing now predominantly is um, that NFT in the digital realm, right? And at the core of it, it's giving 
ownership of intellectual property uh, or uh, giving you ownership of digital assets, which was very hard, well, more hard to trace and register before. Um, mm -hmm. And so right now you see a lot of, uh, see artwork in any form, right? You have images, you have videos, uh, you have musicians putting sound out there um, and you have whole universes being built uh, with this term again being thrown metaverse yeah which just essentially means virtual reality right um or, or worlds built in virtual reality that are somewhat similar to the real world we live in and um yeah, yeah no, like, sorry. Like, mm. like most of the artwork is sort of at first glance might be funky or like video gamey and might not you know not everyone might connect to it and they'd be like oh why is this stuff selling for so much like what's going on but as more and more people come into this space, right, that's where we have the power to sort of change what that landscape looks like. And then mm -hmm. there will be art or there will be NFTs that cater to everyone's taste eventually. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine the water's, you know, very yeah. turbulent right now, but it will eventually level. Do you own any NFTs? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do you have a board uh, ape? No, I don't have a board <laughs> ape, unfortunately. <laughs> cool. What's your favorite NFT that you own right now? uh it's uh it's one of the toy faces i don't know if you're familiar with toy face okay. um so amrit patel he's a designer from india okay and i was following him even before he got into nfts he started working in 3d and he started he came up with this collection of 3d toy faces inspired by real people or characters right so the one i have is uh, medusa uh, oh know, so that's super cool snakes in there. yeah but uh anyways yeah his project really took off and i really appreciate um the way he approaches his work but also just the just the child it, it connects me back to my childhood imagination and that's mm -hmm. what appealed uh, the now, most the to me the thing about nft is that like for example when you own the mona lisa you can kind of you can hang it up in your in your in your living room or like let's say you have lc if you own the Lisa, you probably don't have a living room you have a mansion but let's say <laughs> yeah. you, you know so let's you you have a mansion you hang it up in your hallway you know where the stairs divide into the two sections because that's what your house should look like if you own a mona lisa um yeah. you know uh, uh, however with an nft it's like okay you own it but like, isn't the pride of owning something being able to show it like that collectors like the reason why co collectors collect is so that they can go and show off their collections right they can put it in like a a glass display case and be like look i have the first thing or this is these are the first yeezys that like connie ever released yeah. you know uh so for an nft it's it's a bit hard to display i mean i've seen some people uh like print it out put it on their wall or like you know put it as a tw their twitter profile picture so what is that because you know how do you how do you kind of connect both like that that want of like not only collecting but i want of also being like i'm collecting this part of it is like showing that i have this i'm the owner of this how does that work mm -hmm. with nfts yeah uh, i mean there's a there's a couple of ways and you know a few you mentioned like you could do the twitter profile or you could display it in your house um you know a lot of museums and even like homes now i've noticed there's a lot more digital canvases and screens being put up and there, you know, you can also showcase your NFTs where, you know, you can showcase all the ones you have, right? Flipping through. Uh, this one of my uh, friends' uh, studio went to New York. Um, he had it projecting on a wall, on like a white wall, right? And it created this sort of immersive experience if you like walk through the wall as well. And, and really like, I mean, from a collector's point of view, um, do you collect anything or have you? <sighs> 
I would okay. I would love to. I would say that no. I, I there's nothing that I really collect to be honest with you. Seriously, I I would love to get into it. Um, I can see like how how it's appealing when you are a fan of something and you own something that kind of connects you to that. Like to be honest with you, complete unrelated side note, but I'm a huge anime nerd. And um, okay, yeah. And, and like for example, so I recently like I've been looking into like getting you know just something that connects me to like a uh, Demon Slayer, which is an anime that I really really enjoy. Um, and just kind of to have that connection like in my room like just something that connects me to that story that i can that i enjoy so much right so i can see the appeal of that i, I recognize the appeal of being a collector and collecting something that you feel like you have a connection with i haven't done it myself yet but i i understand it i very much understand it yeah so i guess well one of the things for that is you know again as, as the public understands this idea of like hey i'm going to collect Mm -hmm. uh you know sneakers i'm going to collect uh, collectible toys and, and yeah. have this physical thing right mm -hmm. um that sort of mindset hasn't fully come into digital assets yet because mm -hmm. again people just think oh it's a digital image file i can just copy paste it or download it but like you know a gucci bag you're not just going to get a replica yeah and i mean some people do but the original is still worth a lot right so now we're going to see in that transition where with web three um you know web one was just you could read you could browse, you could make websites, read content. Web two was you could read and write. So now there's this two-way communication happening, right? There's blogs, there's forums. With web three now, the extra added element is ownership. Mm. And um, with that now, you know, artists uh, anywhere in the world, if they have access to a machine and ability to create something, they can put their art up, inshallah, sell it, and then also benefit from that sale for the rest of their life, right? Because they can put a royalty on it. Um, if they grow as an artist, they still get compensated for it. Um, and and really, like this can this the the technology behind the blockchain and NFTs can apply really to any industry, right? Uh, and we're seeing some applications happen in finance, architecture, uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, have you gone into the metaverse? Uh, have you tried on a headset? I, I have to... not. No, I have. You know, it's interesting because like uh, we were we're in the Slack with Peter Gold, like hard Slack, and and yeah. there's uh like they had the metaverse meetup, and I, I have yeah, no yeah. idea. Like I'm so disconnected from this, bro, and I'll tell you why. It's not from a lack of wants. Like I have a friend, I have friends that are developing their own uh, entire like DAO with an NFT drop, um, and I, I want to kind of reveal the name, but I won't until they tell me it's okay to. But uh, I'm I'm gonna like I already use reserved mine. Like I told them guys, I need like a founder's edition one. Like you know, save me one on the side. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but they're working on that, and and I just look at that. And I'm like, wow, this is so amazing that you're able to work on this because I my time right now with Omar Printer and everything that we're building, it's as you mentioned, right? Like it's 24 seven. Yeah. Like from the yeah. moment I wake to the moment I I go to bed, we are working on building Omar Printer, and we're working on building our programs and mentorship and supporting our students, and we're working now on a software to help them, and so. I have so much energy and focus being taken into Omarpreneur as a business and what we're doing with this that I just can't afford to go and explore these other opportunities, even though in my heart of hearts, I would love to because I can I see the potential uh, in this space and, and the way that it's growing right now. So I know it's a long-winded way to answer your question, but that's where I'm at at the moment. Well, we're <laughs> we're going to... Well, there's a virtual iftar meetup as part mm -hmm. of the 30 Days Ramadan project that we're doing. So I'll send you an invite and see yes. if you can. Uh, do I need that. Do I need to buy like an Oculus? Like how does you, it work? You don't. You okay. don't. Yeah. So you can still access it through your uh, laptop. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I actually went to that meetup uh, that you're talking about that was on mm -hmm. that thread. And uh, it was my first time to put the headset on and go in the space and actually interact with people. 
mm-hmm. and it was it was amazing. It was pretty fun. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, it was like we were cartoon versions of ourselves in the space. Did you have the headset? You could move around. I have a headset. Yeah. When you have it a headset. More- how does it work? Do you look through the eyes of your character or are, do you see him? Like, do you see yourself kind of like when you play a video game, you know, you see your character or are you in your character? You are in your character. Yeah. So okay. you see through the eyes of the character, but then like, it's, it's amazing. Cause like I, you don't even need your, uh, what do you call it? The controllers. It, it maps your hand. So okay. in that world, like I was moving my hands and like, I'm, I must have looked weird sitting in the meeting. I was just like going like this. <laughs> um, and you can like high five people. So yeah. Me and Peter just kept high fiving because it, it felt cool. In the space. <laughs> um, but I, I think yeah. they're releasing even like haptic. Uh, well, I, I saw that uh, Facebook was working on this in the R&D department, uh, which is now Meta, which is an interesting thing that we can talk about as yeah. well. I think, you know, this episode can go on for three hours because there's so much to talk about. But uh, Facebook is working in their R&D department on releasing gloves where mm-hmm. you are actually like they are going to give you the sensory feedback so that oh, let's say like okay. you high five someone like you will actually feel as if a hand high fived you, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be extremely immersive. So it's crazy to think about where this where this technology is going, because right now, just because I thought of that, because you mentioned high fiving, I'm like, Yes, you're going to have someone, but you don't feel that they're high-fiving you. You can see yeah. it, yeah. but imagine where you can feel it. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you seen the Ready Player One? Um, is it the movie? Is it where like the guy puts on, I think, a suit and he goes into like this video game world? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. yes. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. sort of kind of, I guess, potentially the future of it. Uh, yeah. Who knows? But but it's just another medium, right? That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. Like NFTs, better, worse. It's not going to change everything. Yeah. But I think I think personally that it's going to be here um to stay um mm-hmm. just another opportunity for people to connect uh build for upon sure. or connect with yeah for sure so you went on to create uh your upcoming project which is now very much i mean this episode is going to drop during Ramadan, so this is very timely because it's going to be called and the theme is 30 days of Ramadan. so walk me through what inspired you to create this nfc project and what is it about exactly? What are you What are you trying to convey to people who want to take part in it, who want to have one of these NFTs? Um, so the project actually started 30 Days of Ramadan uh, back in 2016, mm-hmm. right? So what, it's almost seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And it started with, you know, a few things. Um, you know, I was, I was early on building my creative career. And like, you know, you know, growing up, especially here in Canada, um, there wasn't a lot of visual media that connected to us, right? Um, as young Muslims, as brown kids, uh, whether it was TV shows or books, uh, mashallah, like now there's so much more uh, content. And, um, you know, there's always these, these visual, there's so much visuals around Christmas and these other holidays, right? Mm-hmm. We have these iconic Christmas trees. and But there was that other than maybe, you know, the crescent moon, uh, those elements were missing uh, for mm-hmm. Ramadan, for Eid. Um, and so I just, uh, in 2016, the Ramadan, I was like, hey, I'm just going to do a personal project for myself where I can explore my spiritual practice through something creative, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what I did is for each of the 30 days, I did a different animated gift that mm-hmm. represented um, an aspect of Ramadan, but also connected with a self-reflection of what I was feeling, right? So the first one, you know, was um, uh, the Arabic number one. That was like a clock that was ticking. 
but it was it had like a sunrise sunset happening right so it's talking mm. about sunrise sunset with the fast uh one of the days i was i was just super thirsty like incredibly thirsty so the artwork i made it was like uh, an hourglass instead of sand dripping through it it was like water dripping through it right That's and there's really all cool. these things that um it made sense for anyone when they looked at it but if you were muslim and you and you especially were fasting you would have a deeper connection with that art right mm-hmm. um and so i mean i wasn't expecting it but it, it sort of blew up a lot of people connected with it uh instagram featured it um and alhamdulillah that project's just grown since then that's amazing so every year it's become a tradition um and you know it's it's my tradition but also it's so humbling to see that so many people message me before ramadan they're like oh i'm so excited ramadan's coming up can't wait to see what you do this year because i change the theme up every year so mm-hmm. the second year i did um what does it mean to fast in canada then mm-hmm. i did something with patterns last year was a really fun one i uh, had this question in my head you know in the quran uh, Allah says that um, everything worships God, mm-hmm. right? And then so I was like, okay, so, you know, fasting is a part of worship and uh, Muslims aren't the only ones that fast. There's other cultures and religions that also have them. But I'm like, does this exist in the animal kingdom? Mm-hmm. And so I went deeper into it. And, and yeah, subhanAllah, there's uh, animals fast as well, uh, different periods of time for different reasons. And that became the project. Um, and yeah, this year, uh, so that brought me to this year and I was coming up with concepts and the idea that stuck with me was exploring iconic Ramadan memory, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a collective of those nostalgic childhood memories that I have that again, uh, are universal enough that a lot of Muslims around the world can connect with, but also specific moments, um, and experiences um you know like for example again some of this is spoiler sneak peek alert because these yeah because you haven't revealed yet right you haven't revealed the actual nfts and uh and what they will be I, every day you will reveal the yes. one for that day correct correct yeah okay um actually maybe let me talk about the mechanism and how i got into the nft first so we could get into the idea uh sure. so so this year you know with nfts growing and becoming big um i was like you know what this might be a good year to sort of test out that nft space with a mm-hmm. uh, muslim inspired project and what better mm-hmm. way to do it than a national transition for 30 days of ramadan mm-hmm. um and so then the concept sort of i started thinking about okay how can this play out in the nft space and that took the form of there's 30 ramadan cubes right um and if you go to the website 30 days of ramadan it's rmdn Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a look at the details, but so these cubes are like time capsules, right? That hold that precious artwork or memory inside of them. So there's 30 cubes. Um, if you bought the cube, say you bought the day 12 cube, then on day 12 of Ramadan, when the artwork inside gets revealed, you will get a second NFT airdropped or sent to you for free, which will be that revealed artwork of the memory. So at okay, the end so of it, you'll have the cube and you'll okay, have, so you'll have both. You'll have both the cube both. and, okay. Interesting. And so the cube acts almost as like a access pass, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives you access to the special NFT. It'll give you access to uh, early access to future drops. It'll give you access to free merchandise. It will also give you access to virtual events. And I have a quick question. Was, sorry, yeah. do you can do you only give for for the people listening and for myself as well? Do you only 
provide one cube for each day? Is there only one for each there's day? There's only one cube. One cube for each day. There's 30 cubes. So there's only 30 of this. There's only 30. Have yeah. they already been sold out? Uh, they haven't been sold out. They're okay. still... So day one and day 30, I guess the most precious ones have been sold. And okay. some of the other ones, like, you know, day seven, uh, those numbers, but mm -hmm. there's still a few, uh, quite a few left. So okay. awesome. So there's still an opportunity for people to go in and get and get those. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Especially awesome. before Ramadan starts uh, this weekend. Okay. And uh, if you want me asking in terms of uh, the pricing, is it that is it usually the NFT creator that sets the price or is it you put it up on OpenSea and there's like bidding? Uh, again, I'm a total noob and probably people listening to this are the same as me. So they're appreciating me asking me these questions. How does that work? Um, yeah, you can do either. Technically, you can do either or. You can either okay. set it up for auction starting at a low price and then mm -hmm. see where it goes. Okay. Or you can put a fixed price. So cool. I was exploring these things for this project. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, one of the things I realized with the research and things is the larger Muslim community um, isn't fully as well versed in this space, right? So I wanted to make it right. easy for them to access. So that's why Correct. instead of going into a more tricky blockchain, I kept Ethereum because that's mainstream. Yeah. And I kept it at a fixed price, uh, awesome. 0.1 Ether, um, just mm -hmm. so that barrier to entry would be minimized. Super, super, like super easy and simple and affordable, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that you put it that low. Um, so that's awesome. Like people who are listening to this, jump on it, guys. Go in. It's not much. Um, so 30 days of Ramadan, three zero days of RMDN. We're going to drop the link anyway uh, around this episode. But don't go ahead and click on it until you finish this episode. Okay, don't get too excited. So... Um, <laughs> One thing that uh, you were mentioning, sorry, because I did cut you off, is you were talking about the mechanism behind it, right? So you, you mentioned that someone gets the cube, they get access to uh, the, the the kind of, is it going to be a GIF, a photo? Uh, can you share that at least or, or not yet? Yeah, so this year it's going to be fully immersive 3D uh, artwork. So what that means okay, is awesome. you have the cube, you can actually grab it on your desktop or whatever you can rotate it look under it and same thing with the artworks too right and mm -hmm. so you can see all the detail and the hidden uh craftsmanship in it um, awesome and how so, do you how do you create something like that i mean just from a from a from a creator standpoint like how, what are you using as a software to create this artwork so for me like anything i do i always start pencil paper right mm -hmm. so it's just sketches ideas and then i usually work within um uh, illustrator adobe Mm -hmm. to work out the details of the design of like, you know, okay, what is um, the, what is the 2d version of this going to look like? Right. So mm -hmm. I get the forms and the proportions, right. Mm -hmm. And then I, I learned blender, uh, which is uh, uh, open source 3d software. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, anyone uh, who's interested can like download it and try it out. Uh, and that's where I, I build the actual 3d artwork. Mm -hmm. And then so you can do the lighting. It's so powerful. You can do anything in there. And then you can mm -hmm. export it either as a still image mm -hmm. um, or animation, but also as the live 3D file, which mm -hmm. also you can place, um, you can take it to augmented reality. Right. Uh, so I'll share a clip with you. Like you could have that cube on your desk without mm -hmm. it actually physically being on your desk. Okay. Got it. Um, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited to like uh, see and and when you when the drops happen, are are, are you going to reveal them? Like, is there a site where, where where we can go and check it out and see? Okay, that was number one. That was number two. Is there a way we can see that? Yes, the best way. I'm I'm going to be revealing each artwork on my Instagram, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, handle is at m raj m r a j. Mm -hmm. um, so tomorrow will be the first one. Um, so 
even if you know you don't you're not interested in buying the nft or whatever you can at least follow the project along and learn yeah, more sure. about uh memory yeah um and yeah the, mem- well, the memories are are interesting too they're like a fusion of a bunch of different things so i i hope it will be refreshing for people to see something unexpected mm-hmm. is there is there an overarching emotion that you want to convey throughout these uh, these drops, or maybe is it is it specific to every single one? Is every single one does every single one contain its own emotion, or is there an overarching theme? Well, I mean, you mentioned, of course, the memories, but I mean, is there something that you want to transmit? Right? Is it that feeling of nostalgia that you want other people to feel when they see those memories as well? Is it that feeling of remembering your childhood? What is it for you? I think it's uh, definitely those where this feeling mm-hmm. of nostalgia connecting uh, with your childhood, but also I hope it, these works will allow people to connect with each other mm-hmm. of, you know, like, you know, uh, we're talking about a specific moment and um, then, okay, here's another sneak peek just for you. So <laughs> one of the artworks, right, um, talks about uh, the Eid hugs, mm-hmm. right? So you know how Eids are going in, uh, at least for me, you know, from a South Asian background, I'm, I'm wired to like, okay, there's a three hug technique you got to go in for, right? So you go one, two, and then sometimes the other guy follows a two hug technique. So there's this awkward sort of phase in the middle, <laughs> in the middle. They're like, oh, did we do the third one? Did we not? All right. And then once in a while, you know, we get an Arab brother who'll throw in a kiss, which, yeah. you know, throw, throws everything off. So <laughs> it's a... <laughs> Um, so, so that artwork, you know, visually sort of uh, showcases that. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. You kind of connect with it because, you know, you might have been in that situation. But also, again, it connects us because it's like, you know, regardless of whether you're hugging or kissing, doing three hugs or two hugs, mm-hmm. it's that element of us connecting together. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention is, you know, for a long time, even now, like Muslims in media, pop culture, whether it's film, shows, artwork, Predominantly, at least in the West, uh, there's all these stereotypes associated with them, right? Some of them are negative. Some of them are just, you know, not every Muslim looks the way they're usually depicted. Mm-hmm. But in Web3, especially the NFT space, you know, we have the opportunity as Muslims to get in there and craft our own stories, right? Mm-hmm. It's decentralized. No one's calling the shots. We call the shots and we can define how we portray ourselves, our religion and you know how uh we live that 100 i love that and uh you know ultimately that's what art is about right it's uh it's about conveying those emotions those feelings and whatever it is that you want to convey in the other person that is receiving this art uh more than anything else so you right now uh mashallah you've created this nft this nft is ready to go people listening to this episode uh i think this is going to release um, on during the first week of Ramadan, inshallah. So probably going to be, I believe, uh, day five or four uh, when this episode drops. So uh, if you if you're listening to this, you can go on thirty days of Ramadan, three zero days of rmdn.com, and go and grab one of those NFTs. For someone that's a complete noob like myself, who's like, dude, I've never even bought an NFT. Like, what, what do I need? Right? Is there uh, is there any place we can guide them to go and you know? get what they need, whether it's a wallet or whatever, so they can they can be well equipped to, to be part of this? Yes, definitely. I will share a bunch of resource links with mm-hmm. you. Okay. Um, and that should be very handy in terms of like going through step by step. But you know, overall, 
um, you will need some crypto. Um, mm. So in this case, you know, Ether, Ethereum, um, which you can go to any uh, of the major platforms right. like Coinbase or Exchange, mm -hmm. uh, like Newton is a good one if you're in Canada. Yes, that's what um, I use. Yeah, so that's a really good one, easy one to use. Uh, add some Ethereum into your wallet and then, uh, sorry, into your account. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to set up a wallet. So you can just think of an exchange as a bank and a wallet is like, you know, a wallet that you keep it, keep your money in, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the one I use is MetaMask, which is again, a mm -hmm. uh, very common one, easy one to use. Um, step by step, setting it up is relatively easy. And then you just mm -hmm. transfer some Ethereum from your exchange account to your wallet. So since these are um, 0.1, uh, they're priced at 0.1, mm -hmm. you don't want to transfer just 0.1. Yes, because you're going to pay the gas fees. Exactly. Yeah. So there will be some transaction fees associated with it as well. Gas fees just depends on when you buy. So you, you might get something that's like $20, $30, or, or it might go up uh, higher. Mm -hmm. But just try to get it at a low gas fee. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, transferring 0.2 would be safe. Um, yeah. And once you're uh, the market pace link, I'll send that to you as well. Just opensea.io slash mraj. Mm -hmm. uh, find the artwork you like, and then it's super easy. Like once you connect your wallet to the site, you hit buy. It's just like online shopping. Um, and even if you know uh, you're looking at this and you're like, oh, I really like day two. Day two is available, but now it's day six of Ramadan. It's fine. You can still buy you know, the older cubes, they'll still be available. All of them will be available until the end of Ramadan. Okay. Uh, but the sooner you get it, the more, the sooner the more uh, advantage you can take of sort of the bonus things, right? The virtual event, yeah. um, the revealed artwork and, uh, and join our discord as well. Um, the links are on the website. We're having some interesting conversations on discord. Again, open to anyone, even if you're not getting an NFT, we're talking about things like, what are you going to have daily for Sahur? Uh, mm. What are some fasting challenges, right? We're talking about uh, our memories, uh, sharing art. So uh, it's, it's at the end of it, for me, this project is about building a community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said there's only 30 cubes. That's why I, I feel like quality. Uh, I'm trying to go for quality over quantity in this case, because we usually see drops of like thousands or hundreds of NFTs just flooding it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think like starting small, be a bit more sustainable, but also uh, be authentic in how we build that community. Mm -hmm. What do you think Bored Ape did so well for them to go so viral um, for someone looking into the NFT space in terms of a marketing standpoint? And what can we learn from that? So, uh, you know, number one, the Bored Ape was one of the first players in this space, mm -hmm. um, right? And that just shows like early adopters or uh, anything really, not just NFTs. If you can be the one to sort of spearhead it, um, it's a lot of benefit in that. And uh, similarly, what they did is it's not necessarily the artwork itself uh, or the craft put into creating the work that's valuable it's what it represents right uh, mm. and it represents being part of that special exclusive community um and the ape you know what they did is it gives you access to all this behind the scenes stuff right um there's events there's special merchandise there's uh these networking these connections um, and I think that's what's cool is that like owning an NFT and, and it's interesting to have this discussion for someone interested in, in creating one right because it's it's not enough I think to just say well, here's the NFT and it's done. I think part of the reason why, and I, 
it, it, this is in line with what we were talking about earlier, because when you're a collector normally, I mean, when we're talking about art, when we're talking about invoking emotion, there's all these things that tie into it, right? And when we we're talking earlier about being a collector, when you're a collector, you collect something like the Mona Lisa, you put on display, it's like it gives you that cred, it gives you people walk in, you want their reaction. And you, a lot of collectors do it for that. Um, with an NFT, if you don't necessarily have that, then the reason, then there's going to be other reasons why you want to add, if that element is not as high, right? That display element and that like, uh, kind of what, what they call the social proof element, then you need to add other elements that will contribute to the emotion that a person feels when they own and own this NFT. And the emotion that a person feels is that ultimately every single one of us wants to be part of the cool kids club. We want to be part of a community. We want to be part of an exclusive group that we only have access to, right? There's the certain, uh, the certain feeling we get when we have, and we feel like we have that exclusivity. This is why people, um, you know, have like, uh, buy even certain brands, right. That like, uh, we look original Gucci or Louis Vuitton bags, right. Because they know, well, I'm carrying this. And now this shows that I'm part of it. I have a certain status, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm part of this status. Right. And, and, and that affiliation is what our pe people are buying. They're not buying the bag because they think this bag looks like it's worth 800. They're buying the bag because they know this bag showcases that I'm of a certain status, right. And ultimately, for us as human beings, we are very much community driven. And through this art that we create, we need, you know, as a creator of, of, of that art, you want to not only convey that emotion, but you also want to give people even, even more in terms of emotions. So not only that emotion that you're getting from the art, but not only that, I'm going to give you emotions in terms of now you're part of this community and you have access to this, these exclusive things that other people don't. And so it's, a, it's more of an incentive for you to be like, yes, well, I, I should invest in this. I should purchase it because now that makes me part of this club. And I think there's a, there's a lot of wisdom to that. It's, it's a pretty interesting um, perspective. Would you agree? Yeah. I think, I think utility is key. Um, mm -hmm. And, also, I think like moving forward, um, the concept and the storytelling is going to be important as well. Mm -hmm. I don't Correct. think it'll be just enough to do, oh, this is a cool unicorn. I'm going to do like thousands of them and they'll sell because that's been done, right? Like now yeah. it's about how can we use this technology and create something a little bit different, showcase a different perspective. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. So in your, in your eyes, where do you think NFTs are going? moving forward? Do you feel like it, they will always be what they are today? Or do you feel like they will evolve in the future and maybe look look different in five or 10 years? I think it will evolve. Um, I think there's always a place, there'll always be a place for what's happening right now uh, mm. with anything. But I think as more and more people are getting into it, um, now we're seeing a lot of photographers get into this space, right? Um, mm. Now there's immersive photography happening. and because, you know, honestly, a lot of everyone's just learning as we go, right? Uh, a lot of people are experimenting, they're seeing what can be done, how, how far can we push this tech? And even with the metaverse, right? It's not like there's one universal metaverse, it's everyone's creating their own. So there's Sandbox, Decentraland, you know, Meta has their own. Um, and once we start seeing NFTs being able, getting shared across platforms, for example, you own like a pair of Nike NFT boots, you know, on OpenSea, but then you can take them out of your inventory, wear them in, you know, Meta's Horizon Worlds and walk around with it. Yeah. Or then you can put them on a shelf in your sandbox home that you have. Um, that is when like really exciting things will start happening because then people yes. will be able to see, oh, how, this is how I can use it, right? <clears throat> yes. And again, again, 
why is that cool? Why is that valuable? And this, I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys this because as an entrepreneur, you need to be listening and taking notes about this. Why is that valuable? Because if you can go and not only have that NFT, but you go and you wear it on your avatar, what does that give you guys? It gives you status, right? And what do people want? They want status. That's why they purchase. So just a little note, listen from entrepreneurs there. Okay. So, uh, bro, this was an awesome episode. Loved every minute of it. It's completely eye-opening. I wish we could sit down for three hours, to be honest with you, but I don't want to be selfish here and take up all of your time. So where can, well, actually we mentioned it a couple of times, but um, the best place to, for people to go and purchase this uh, NFT, be part of it, 30 days of Ramadan, it's added. So three zero, the numbers three zero days of rmdn.com. That's the best place to take them. That's the best place to go because um, okay. there you'll learn about the project. You can see exactly what uh, you'll get and all the links are on there. So you can click mm -hmm. to go to the marketplace where you can buy them. You can go to our Twitter, Discord, Instagram, everything's on there. So that, that'd be your one stop shop i guess awesome awesome brother really appreciate you joining me on this podcast and uh really just like a lot for coming on this uh on this episode and breaking down nfts with me uh i'm sure this is an episode that a lot of people are going to be really excited to listen to because it's a world that is right now evolving at a increasingly uh increasingly high rate and i think it will very much be part of our future and so it is important for us to start to especially as entrepreneurs who are listening to this to start to learn and understand what the space is about and uh, also possibly take part in it because I think it is something that will be here to stay. And when a company like Facebook decides to change their name to Meta, yeah. you know, you know, there's some big things happening. Yeah. No, definitely. And um, <laughs> quick question for you, go. Yeah. This is completely random. For sure. Uh, you seen, I, you seen, you seen Castlevania, right? Um, is it like, I mean, the, uh, the anime on Netflix? The anime like on Netflix. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, I have. Correct. Did you like it? What did you think? I personally really liked it. I don't think I've, I've watched the most recent season. I think they recently released a season uh, over the last year. I watched the first two or three uh, oh, that okay. came out. So I didn't watch the watch last, last one. Go ahead. No, no. Watch the latest season and then let's talk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is there something that relates to our conversation? Well, I mean, kind of, but also uh, I'm just curious because, you know, uh, Isak, the, the, the Muslim character there. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. That was okay. Cool. Oh, so sorry. Okay. I missed bad. out. Yeah, no, 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 that's cool. I'm glad. I'm excited now. You're like, okay, cool. There's a Muslim character now. I got to check it out. I watched the first two seasons uh, and I, I remember seeing like the new season now on Netflix and I, I didn't have the time to check it out. So, dude, if, if you're recommending this to me, I'm going to check it out 100%. Um, because, like I said, I love, uh, I love animated uh, shows. That's my favorite. So, yeah, just like a little for this, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, this is hopefully uh, the first of many. Maybe we'll have you on after Ramadan as well. We can talk more about crypto, NFTs, and all. And, you know, have an update. Maybe do a recap episode of, like, hey, how did it go? And what were some lessons learned along the way? Inshallah. Sounds good. Inshallah. All right. for that, brother. And uh, y'all know the drill. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to go and give us a rating and review on your favorite platform. Go on that Apple podcast uh, or iTunes app and go in the review section. Click on our podcast. Give us a little review. Tell us how much you love this podcast. And of course, follow us on any social media platform. Search Umar Printer. And if you need some help with your business, uh, you want some mentorship, go on umarprinter.com. There's going to be resources. There's going to be a, a place to go through a free training, to book a call and get all that good stuff. And you're listening to this during Ramadan. So Ramadan Mubarak to all of you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all um, acceptance over your good deeds, your du'as, your prayers, your fasts, and everything else. And please do take the time to go check out 30 Days of Ramadan, 30 Days of RMDN.com. Go ahead and check it out. And we'll see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa